0: So I'll admit that I wasn't the most excited, or I I didn't have the highest hopes for HBO's new Watchmen series when it came out, but after the first episode, I'm really curious to see where it goes, because it took the material and actually built on it, though I have to say the stuff that they did with Ozymandias was weird. So let's talk about that on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially for reading my new book, Cursify My Love. And yeah, today we're going to be talking about the Watchmen series over on HBO, but don't worry, I will give you a warning before I go into spoiler territory. But yeah, it was a thing, and I think maybe I liked it? I don't know, I have really weird feelings. We're going to talk about that today. Before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast and whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people, The more people that listen, the bigger the community, the bigger the community, the better chance we get to interact with each other. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. Thank you to everybody who's already done that. All righty, so Sunday, 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 Sunday. The first episode of uh, the new Watchmen series premiered on HBO, and I know I'm having kind of broken sentences when I talk about it, because it was not what I expected, and I think that's the first thing that anybody who's on the fence still about the show might need to know. The show I thought I was getting, based on the trailers and whatnot that I had watched going into it, that was not the show that I ended up getting. And that's a good thing. The show that I thought I was getting was going to be kind of a bizarre, dark, nostalgia-driven look back on The Watchmen. I thought they were going to introduce a few new characters because a lot of the main characters from the original Watchmen story did not survive to the end or would be way too old to really participate in a meaningful way. Yeah, it, it surprised me in ways that I didn't expect because it really did look like they were just going, hey, remember the Watchmen? Remember Rorschach? Well, we got an army of Rorschachs. Remember this? Remember that? And the very nostalgia-fueled trailers, they didn't really... I mean, all the events that were in the trailers were in the episode, and they they made a lot of sense in the episode, but the the show that I thought that they were setting up is not the show that ended up happening. And... Without going into spoilers yet, I will say that this is a reboot of the idea of the Watchmen as much as it is a spiritual descendant of it. And we can only judge how good of a descendant it's going to be in future. So I I really want to reserve any praise for the show and how well it's capturing the future dystopia that was the Watchmen for much later because we only have one episode and while I enjoyed it and it was good there are a lot of ways they could mess this idea up and hopefully they won't see The problem with a show like this is it is approaching a topic with a very clear idea. A very clear, I don't want to say agenda. That's one, a loaded term. And two, I don't think appropriate for what the story is actually trying to do. But it has a very distinct point of view that is on display throughout this episode. And it makes the series feel extremely topical and it makes the series fit within the very strong point of view world that Alan Moore was creating. You know, Gibson and Moore and them were creating back with the original Watchmen story. Now, having said that, my concern here is HBO does not have the best track record with, um, with maintaining the ideas that underpin the series that they do. So my biggest concern is that this show is going to descend into a lot of false equivalency between various things, between the fascist movements that they're fighting and the fascist movements that they're a part of because that's really where this gets interesting is they've kind of set up a series with two sets of bad guys and one is a truly evil bad guy and one at least from the perspective of the show that we've gotten so far is at least a well-intentioned bad guy, but a fascistic police police state is still a fascistic police state, but that's better than the racist Rorschach fascists that are challenging them. So, hopefully we will get more um color added to this series, that they will... Basically, I'm hoping that Night Sister, because that's Regina King's character, will become m- disassociated with the police state that she is a part of. But we'll talk about that a lot more in spoilers, because that's really the the big problem that this series set up. Is it it sets up a very interesting premise? It sets up some very interesting characters and concepts for it to explore. But if like Game of Thrones and other series that have been on HBO, it doesn't have the courage of its convictions to actually face the monsters that it's setting up, and just as a, monsters are monsters, because all people are monsters, which is the way that HBO series like to go, I think the show could devolve into just a mess. I'm hoping that it doesn't go there, but, you know... I don't have a lot of faith in HBO. I don't have a lot of faith in Damon Lindelof. Maybe I should have more than I do, but at this point in time, no, I I don't have a lot of faith in any of it. So we'll have to see how it pays off. Now, the last couple things before we go into spoilers, this is shot beautifully. It's directed beautifully. It's acted beautifully. Everyone does a really good job. I have to say the one forced sex scene that occurs in the series in the in the episode and it's not forced as in like somebody forcing somebody on there. It just felt like it's HBO so we have to have somebody naked for reasons. It 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 felt forced. It just felt like it was a checklist on a quota like this is HBO there has to be sex in it at some point. So hopefully that doesn't continue to feel like the case like if you're going to include sex and sexuality into a story it should feel integral to the story and to the characters and not just like well we didn't know what to have the characters doing when this event took place so we're going to have them in the middle of sex because it's hbo and we can do that it didn't feel necessary and i i point that out because. With the absence of that one scene, I don't think that there's anything else I can point to in the episode that didn't feel necessary, that didn't feel like it was either explaining the characters to me, or the world to me, or the history that we're going through. And that made the show feel really tight and really, really well done. It's beautiful to look at. The cinematography is great. The fight sequences were extraordinary. The acting is superb. But that one weird sex scene, man, it just kind of happens because, I don't know, they just thought it was a thing that should happen. And I guess you could try to justify it that it's trying to show the fraught nature of the relationship between the couple involved, but I don't know. It it just felt kind of out of nowhere and in a way that the musical number that takes place in here and I'll talk about that more in spoilers kind of felt out of nowhere until the dinner scene talking about it and then of course how the episode actually ended it felt like it tied it all together and made that scene matter and that's kind of what I want from the show I want it to matter Because you can tell it wants to matter. Welcome to the spoiler zone. From this point on, I will be referring to events that took place in the actual episode that could very easily be considered a spoiler. If you do not want to know anything that happens in the first episode of The Watchmen and you haven't seen it yet... I highly recommend that you go and watch it and then come back and then we can talk about it because, oh boy, we have a lot to talk about. Alrighty. You have been warned. Spoilers are incoming in five, four, three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Okay. So the episode begins by showing the Tulsa massacre of 1921 and I actually paused the show and turned to my husband to make sure that he knew that this wasn't something that they did for the for the, for the TV series that this is an event that actually took place this is something that actually happened that the area of Tulsa which was called Black Wall Street was literally attacked by the Ku Klux Klan And a lot of people were killed. Businesses were burnt down. They actually used biplanes and crop dusters to bomb the area. It's the most violent racial attack that we've had in our country since the Civil War. And we don't talk about it as something that happens. And the very fact that the episode begins with that is important Because they seem to be trying to set up a discussion in the series about racism. In fact, when we get the terrorist video from the uh, 7th Cavalry, it quotes Rorschach's journal from the very first page of the Watchmen comic. But it actually changes a word. It turns the word politician into race traitors. Which shows where this series is going. The Rorschachs, the 7th Cavalry, are a clear analog not just for right wing terrorism, but for all of the neo Nazi, Ku Klux Klan, race realist movements that are currently flourishing in the United States, which makes Regina King's character. A more interesting choice for the lead in that if that's going to be the main thrust of the story, having a African-American female play the main character, at least as she's portrayed in this episode, we'll see if other characters get more screen time, but she's definitely the main character of this episode, really sets that into stark contrast. And immediately following that with a police stop, Where a black officer has pulled over a white guy. And all of the things that you know about what happens when people get pulled over by police officers start going through your head. And because you don't know what they're doing with this story. I didn't know how that was going to end. But of course it turns out that the man driving the truck is a member of the 7th Cavalry. And ends up shooting the police officer. And yeah, this is a show that is going to be dealing with racism and right-wing terrorism. And at least based on the events of this episode, it's going to be tackling it very straight on. And I hope it does. See, the thing that concerns me most about this series is most mainstream shows try to give you people that you can care about on both sides especially this is something that HBO has done for a very long time and it's really easy to see with Game of Thrones as horrible as Cersei Lannister is we are meant to have sympathy for her and until a certain point in the story when they just couldn't bother to write Lena Headey anything to do anymore but we are meant to have some connection with her and Jamie and what the Lannisters are doing Even when they're doing terrible, horrible, evil things. And I don't want that POV character in this series. I don't want the racist with a heart of gold. I don't want the racist who maybe has a quote-unquote justifiable reason to be racist or what have you in this show. And... That's where I am concerned that this show could eventually go off the rails. You can't make the topic of racism morally gray. And I think the way that they're wanting to play with that is the very clear fascistic police state that exists in the setting, in the story, where the police, because of an event called um, The White Night, when a bunch of members of the um, cavalry attacked police officers and killed them. And I'm assuming that they're making that as a reference to Crystal Kristallnacht. And I'm not a huge fan of that because I don't think Holocaust analogies work, but they don't belabor the point. So, okay, I'll let you get away with it. Be very careful with that in future. So all of the police officers wear masks. They're not allowed to let each other Know who they are, and they're not allowed to let anybody else know that they're a police officer. With the exception of Don Johnson's chief of police, who goes around without a mask on. And to skip to the end of the episode, he gets killed. But he gets killed by Lewis Gossett Jr.'s character, who only appears in two scenes of this episode or more, depending if, like Brian and I, you think he is. The boy who survived the Tulsa Massacre. And I think he is the boy who survived the Tulsa Massacre. And I think he's going to be the complicating factor in the story going forward. He's the one that is going to show Night Sister that the police state that exists is also a threat and that she's going to end up making a third side in the conflict. So you're going to have the fascistic police state, you're going to have the right-wing terrorists, and she's going to end up forming a vigilante group of her own they are kind of going to be positioned somewhere in between fighting for the regular people. Because they've really set her up as a champion of the people in the way that they've written her character, the way they've exhibited her character. So I I really feel like that's where she's going. I, I don't know. But hopefully they won't mess that up. The stuff that they did with Ozymandias, like the weird hand job while typing thing that was going on, that was strange. I, I love Jeremy Irons, the, the the strange brainwashed people that he has working for him. I do like that the rest of the world thinks that Vite is dead. So it'll be interesting to see what he's up to. If you're not, uh, if you have not read the original Watchmen, because this takes after the comic, not the movie. Veidt, Adrian Veidt, also known as Ozymandias, has a plan to bring about world peace by creating a fake extra dimensional threat to the planet Earth. And the story actually culminates with basically the giant space squid destroying New York City. And the idea there was... This would give people a rallying point to come together, because nothing brings people together more than an enemy, and that would bring an end to the Cold War, and bring peace on Earth. This is Vite's idea. This is why Rorschach has to die in the comic, because he figures it out, and Dr. Manhattan realizes that there would be far more chaos if the truth got out than if the event just played out, because it's already too late to stop the event from happening. It's definitely playing on that. It is still raining extra-dimensional squid for some reason, though we don't get much about that, so we'll see how that plays out in the story, and apparently Ozymandias still has a plan, so he is a big bad threat lurking in the background. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to eventually find out that he is funding the seventh Calvary because one, this allows him to discredit Rorschach completely so that should anybody, you know, anybody figure out that he is the bad guy that was in all of Rorschach's journals, then Nobody will care because Rorschach's name's already been driven through the mud, and he's going to do something equally or more horrific to try to, again, bring about world peace. All in all, it was a very good episode. It was a very good way to start the series. I cannot wait for episode two, but I would love to know what you think, because you may have very different reactions than I did. So... You can contact me using the voice message system, which you can find a link to in the show notes. Keep it short, keep it sweet, keep it clean, so I can use it on the show. That I would really like to hear from you. Or you can hit me up on social media. I am C.E. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram. You can find links to everything that I do over at ProjectShadow.com. Um, I have put up my project on NaNoWriMo if you want to be my buddy. So just hit me up over there. I'm C.E. Dorset over there as well. Um... Yeah, I'd love to be your friend over there. If you've got a dollar you can pass my way, it really would help out a lot. In the show notes, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and the listener support page. The difference between the two is people on Patreon will occasionally get stuff. More stuff going forward, I'm working that out right now, but more stuff (laughs) coming forward. If you can't, thank you to everybody who's already doing that. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's fine. But Please share my work with other people if you know anybody you think would like it. It really does help out a lot. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, craziness, man. Anywho, until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.